Welcome and thank you for listening to this message from Legacy Church New Braunfels. To connect with us, go to LegacyNB.com. Now enjoy this message from Pastor Jay Miller. Quick before I jump in, I just want to tell the group of students who are over here worshiping, you guys were releasing something in the room. One of our words is that as the, as the students or the, the young go, so will the, the direction of the church. And how many people realize that's because Jesus says, unless you become like a little child, you can't even see the kingdom, you can't enter into it. So you enter into the kingdom by getting into his presence. But I just want to edify you guys right now and say this. It's my heart's desire that the altar would be filled, not just with crying hearts of repentance, but, but hearts that are crying with worship like dance, worship, and things like that. And that's why this morning I feel like it's time. We've got to break something. And, and the Lord said to use it as a teaching opportunity just so you guys know kind of where we're going in this process is I went around to some key people and I said, here's what's going on in the atmosphere. Here's what the Lord's doing. Here's what you need you to do, an assignment. And it began, the body working together began to shift the environment and the atmosphere. But it was something when y'all went up over here, it just turned the tide. It was so good. And y'all, say, I'm part of y'all. <laughs> All y'all actually got, y'all, y'all were part of that because you begin to embrace and to step into what the Lord was wanting to do in a room, not just receive something. See, here's where the challenge is when we come to church, is when we come with just a mentality of, I'm going to receive something, I'm going to eat something, nothing wrong with that. But if that's only my mentality, then I actually am not stepping into the fullness of the kingdom. Right? He wants to release something in you, but also through you. And there's something about corporate worship that when we come into this, and you don't have to understand it all. You don't have to believe it all. That's not the point. The point is, if I believe he's good, and that's where that prophetic song, when, when Sherry just began to release, you know, you are who you say you are. He is who he says he is. And this over and over and over again, it began to shift the atmosphere. Because here's what the demons know they can't stand up to, who he is. You understand that? When Jesus is fully present in a room, the demons don't stand a chance. When you become fully who he made you to be, they don't stand a chance. That's why there's no political solution to the issues of the world. There's no religious solution. There's no educational. Like if we could just teach people enough of how to live right, there's, there's no, we can't entertain people enough, like all the mountains of influence. It comes down into this place of intimacy with him, me becoming fully who I am called to be. And then when I stepped into those spheres of influence, then who he is in me is released into that atmosphere. And I'm releasing him, which is always a solution for the problems that the world has. Just think, just think about that. I wasn't going to go here, uh, but the Lord's just saying, hop on it for a second. Mountains of influence. What shapes the way that culture thinks, lives, believes? There was a statistic that just came out that said, for years, those who identified as LGBTQ was anywhere from 4 to 6% of the population for years and years and years and years. It was just kind of a standard thing. This last year, overall population went up to 7.1. Gen Z, it's now 21%. Now, listen to this. It's because culture has been leveraged by the enemy because people are looking for who they are. Where do I belong? What was I created for? What am I supposed to do? Right? And when the church was only giving them religion, if you don't behave correctly, then you're not going to please your father, like that type of mess. Instead of like, do you know that you were created for his pleasure? 
that in him you have your, your being, you move, you breathe, you have identity in him. When the church stopped actually doing that, then the culture began to actually educate our children about a different way. Think about this. Transgender. I know I'm going to make you all uncomfortable, and it's okay. Because Jesus never was afraid to make people uncomfortable. Okay. From a transgender, what is it doing? Who you are as a male or a female is insufficient. And so now, therefore, I don't feel comfortable in my own body. And I'm dealing with a level of dysphoria, which means I don't know who I am or what I am. Okay. But God created us male and female. And when you can come into a place of beloved identity, you now become comfortable with how he created you physically, biologically. Because why? Spiritually, I'm back in alignment with the thing that really matters. The most telling thing about you is not your biology. The most telling thing about you is your spirit with him, which informs your mind, your will, and emotions, which then informs your biology. Let me give you a quick testimony of that. There's Bob Hamp, who we absolutely love and adore, freedom pastor at Gateway for years. Um, I know he was going to be back in San Marcos in November, or I'm sorry, October, and I, I think I'm going to try to get him in here as well. But he gave a testimony. He was a therapist for years, and there's a woman came in who, who physically uh, was battling through with her sexuality and to a certain extent had become very masculine in her dress, her appearance, and everything, and, and, but the reason had been because she had been very wounded by some people. And so, therefore, this core lie that says, as a woman, you're vulnerable, and that's a bad thing. So she wanted to protect herself, so she became, began to take on a masculine defensive trait. And then she had lots of different issues. You know, she was, she was in same-sex uh, relationships and things like that. that. That wasn't the important thing. The important thing is when she began to see Bob, the first, con- the first meeting, he thought she was going to beat him up because because he was a man, and the Lord revealed that she'd been hurt deeply by some men. And so he began to walk her through a period and a process, and at one point the Lord says, hey, Bob, all the techniques that you've learned as a, as a counselor are fantastic, and they were, they're not going to work in this situation. You need to begin to tell her who she really is, and the only way you can do that is she knows that I created her in a certain way. And so he gave her a list of some I am statements in scriptures. I'm beloved, right? I'm the righteousness of Christ and Christ Jesus. Like all these different things, these I am statements. And he says, he says, I want you to read this. And she began to go through this process of realizing how the Lord had made her to be and uh, he was walking into an appointment one day, and his assistant stops and says, hey, Bob, so-and-so's on the phone, and she's freaking out. You need to talk to her. And he's like, oh, okay, you know. And so he gets on the phone. What's going on? She goes, I don't know what you did to me, but something just happened today. And he goes, oh, okay, what is it? She goes, I just started my menstrual cycle, and I don't know what to do. And he's sitting and going, well, this woman's in her late 20s, early 30s by this point. Certainly you've had... A period before. She's like, no, I've never in, the, in my entire life. And he goes, oh, what is this? Your spirit is starting to realize who God made you to be. And your body is starting to step into the reality of who God made you to be. That's not a curse. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just telling you we have a solution. 
I've done some, and I don't do research on this because you can get into lots of conspiracy theories, but there is uh, research that's being done in certain parts of the world by certain governments to do hybrids, blend humanity with animals and things like that. Somebody says, is that real? Yes, it is. Why is it the enemy always tries to counterfeit the real? Okay. So true masculine, true femininity, the enemy is going to try to counterfeit gender identity to say you're not ever who you think you are. So he tries to counterfeit a thousand other genders because he's trying to keep you away. What's he doing with this aspect of splicing DNA? When you come to know Jesus, your DNA is changed forever. Your DNA is resequenced. The kingdom of darkness knows that's a strategy of the Lord. I'm going to talk about what this is this morning, that you're a brand new creation. We'll talk about that reality in a second. But I just want you to pick up on this thing. So the enemy realizes God's solution for failed humanity is for them to actually become born again and their DNA to change. And so what he tries to do is head people off of the past by saying, you can change your DNA and you can enhance your DNA. You can all these different things. And that's actually what they're doing, whether it's through AI or some of these other things things. Why? He's trying to counterfeit what only he's trying to counterfeit what only God can bring you into reality. Do you understand this? You could go through all the different issues that our society is facing right now and look behind it. Here's the counterfeit and we don't need to get caught up into the counterfeit but what we need to do is reveal what the reality is. What's the true statement? God created them male and female, and that's beautiful and that's good. Because oh, only within male and female can you actually reproduce life in the image. Right? That's why the Holy Spirit, you're born again by the Holy Spirit, which is the feminine side of God. Can we just be honest? The nurturing, comforter. But he's also the one that comes and creates a womb for life. Adam and Eve did not become alive until the Ruach breath of God, the Holy Spirit, went and Adam became alive. Adam became Adam when God breathed into him, not when Adam's body was dust formed into, or clay formed into a physical body. It was only, Bill, Bill Vanderbush was at Sozo last night and blew my mind with some stuff. It was really good. So it's kind of my, on my mind Adam was formless. He brought him into form, but he was actually void. And he became filled with the Holy Spirit, which meant he was no longer void of life. He actually became life when God breathed into him. What happens when you're born again in the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit breathes on you, comes into you. And Holy, Jesus uses this analogy all the way through Scripture. All of a sudden, your DNA is changed. And the first breath you take as a born-again believer is actually with new DNA, new lungs, new reality, what's flowing through your body is going to come into alignment with what it is in heaven. Let me give you probably the best analogy I've ever heard, again from Bob Hamp. I just steal his stuff because it's really good. And If you find somebody can say it perfectly, well, I try to make it your own, right? Because there's no competition in the kingdom. So many times people become born again and they still struggle with sin. 
and there's certain church culture environment says you were born a sinner and you will always be a sinner by nature for all the rest of your life until you either die or Jesus comes back. But whenever you do something stupid, which is sinful, that's because your very nature is sin nature. And it's actually contrary to Scripture. Scripture says you're a brand new creation. But if we don't have an answer for why am I struggling with that old thing anymore, then we're going to take on poor theology and poor belief systems, and therefore we'll never become or step into the identity of who God made us to be. Last week we talked about mindset. When my mind is set on who he is, mindset's about who he is. Okay, say mindset's about who God is. So as my mind is set on him, then I can step into my identity, which is about who I am in Christ. Okay, so identity. But when we struggle with, man, I don't want to do this old thing again, and they'll use Romans where it talks about Paul's going, man, I, the very thing I know I'm not supposed to do, but I do, and I'm a schmuck, and I don't know what to do. Because this thing's in warring inside of me, and ah! And, and I've heard it preached way too many times where people take just that section of Scripture and don't read what came before and what came after it. Because immediately following that, Paul goes, but what's the answer? What hope is there? Jesus. He set me free from the power of sin. How did he do that? He changed your nature. So the kingdom of heaven is like somebody who's gone through amputation. If you've ever known anybody who's dealt with phantom pains, you know what phantom pains are, right? So I always tell the story. I went to high school with a, with a guy who's actually in our wedding. And uh, during the, whatever year that was, when Firestone tires were blowing up, if you remember that, back on especially in Explorers and things like that. So he'd been involved in an accident, and he lost, lost his leg below the knee. And in a conversation with him, like, dude, man, we're praying for you. We didn't believe in healing yet at that point. But we're just like, just praying for you. And he says, yeah, the worst thing is the phantom pains. What do phantom pains do? There is a reality that's no longer a reality. What was once a nerve middle is now become a nerve ending. Let me use, it'll be easier for me to hike, not hike my leg up. Let me use my arm. Imagine, imagine if I lost my arm at the elbow. In here are nerves that are nerve middles. They're not nerve endings. They're not designed to be nerve endings. They're designed to be nerve middles to translate and transfer information back and forth along the pipeline. But whenever it gets cut off, the nervous system has been trained for how many years up to that point that it's a nerve middle, which says there's a reality beneath my arm that's no longer there. And what it does is it will say, oh, it's itching. And what can they do? They would give Benadryl to trick the nervous system, psychosomatic effect, to trick the nervous system to say, you can stop itching. If it was painful, they give them pain medicine. If it was hot or cold, there was nothing they could do. You just had to suffer with it. What Bob said is, is that they began to do research of saying, this is not a good thing. So how, especially with uh, Iraq and Afghanistan, and we started having soldiers that were coming back, you know, having lost limbs and stuff. And so they started to try to advance the science. And what they discovered is this. How do we retrain the nervous system to come into alignment with a new reality? What's the new reality? You are no longer a nerve middle. You're now a nerve ending. Something's been cut off. And they began to stimulate just different things, the end of those new nerves, to retrain the nerve and the nervous system to say new reality, nerve ending. And what did they discover? Phantom pains went away because it rewired the way they thought. 
You see the parallel? So when we come to Christ and we have a sin nature, we are. We can't help but sin. Sin is your programming operating instructions. That's your nature. It's the essence of who you are. An animal can't help but be an animal. A lion, you can take it out of the jungle, but if you walk into the zoo, it's going to eat you. All right? So there's, there's been, you've probably seen some YouTube videos of people getting into the bear cage or the lion cage, and it didn't turn out good for them. Why? Because the nature of who they are or what they are doesn't change. So when you were born in this world, you were born in the blood of Adam, which was what? Separated from God. You were created to be connected to the life source of who Jesus is and Jesus alone by his word. The moment that Adam and Eve chose a different source, they disconnected from God as their source and they connected into the knowledge of good and evil. And therefore, they began to try to find life in something that can never bring them life. Even if in a moment it gave them information or it gave them pleasure, but it was not meant to give them life. No more than when you unplug your phone in the morning, is it going to stay charged without you actually plugging it back into the life source? You hear what I'm saying? It didn't matter if you go to the cloud and download a bunch of stuff off your, your Dropbox. That information from Dropbox is not going to recharge your phone because the information lacks the capacity to do that. And that's what religion does. If you just thought better, let's change the content of what you're thinking. If you just think this, then you'll behave like this. And how many people understand from a natural world perspective, there are fields of counseling that that does actually work. Mind over matter actually works. You can, you can work through that. But it's all dependent upon your self-effort to maintain the transformation that you're going through. You stop thinking that way, all of a sudden you're going to fall back into an old pattern. Because your nature at the very base DNA of who you are is sin, separated from God. But the moment that you became born again, in that moment, it's not just that did you get an upgrade in an old body, you actually got a brand new body that is intimately connected to God. Do, do you understand this? Like your being, your spirit, your soul, and body is now Reborn in the image of God. How do I know this? Scripture says Christ was the firstborn among new creations. Many brethren. So when Jesus walks out of that grave, he now became the prototype for what humanity is supposed to look like, behave like, feel like, think like. We're not returning back to what, where Adam was because Adam did not have that. Adam didn't have Jesus. Adam now has Jesus. Because when Jesus went into hell, he actually preached the gospel for every person that had died before his coming. And he preached the gospel. This is who I am. Do you want to be born again? And they were given an opportunity to choose him or reject him. And those who rejected him, they're separated from him for all of eternity. But those who chose him, I, I believe Adam did. Because I think he was there in the beginning. We're not returning back to Adam. We're actually becoming a brand new thing, which is Jesus. So in this case of now, I'm born with a sin nature, but I encounter Jesus. What's cut off on the cross? What dies on the cross? That old nature, all of me, all of my flesh, all of my sin nature is cut up on the cross, nailed to the cross, crucified on the cross, and it dies there. But how many people know I still have a physical body? The same physical body I was born into this world, I still have it. So what is it that's actually cut up in old nature? Sin, spirit. But then when you became born again, now you have a born-again spirit 
that's meant to lead you from spirit, soul, and body. And so a lot of times what ends up happening is like, I get born again, I get radically changed. I'm like, yes, Jesus, this is who I am. And there are testimonies of those that suddenly like they drop meth, cold turkey. Like they, they drop, I mean, and those, there's deliverance moments like that. But I would tell you also, they also have to learn, just because of those miraculous testimonies, how to live in a new reality. I think for a lot of people, it's not the major sin thing. It's the way we think and belief system. And somebody says something that makes us mad and we're just like this raging going inside of us. And what the enemy would say is, yeah, that's because that's who you are and you're always going to struggle with sin. But that's not what scripture says. What do you do when you read the word? What do you do when you pray or pray in the spirit? In Jude, it says, build yourself up in the most holy faith by praying in the spirit. What are you doing? You're actually... You're actually coming to this place just like they had to stimulate a nerve middle now that it's become a nerve ending, say, new reality, new reality, new reality. What am I doing? The old me is gone. It's dead. He's in the grave. I'm not resurrecting him. I don't want to go back to him. That one got me to hell. The new one, the new body, the new one that's born again with Jesus, I get to spend eternity with him. So when I'm reading the scriptures, what am I doing? I'm stimulating a new reality. You're no longer a sinner. You're now a saint. You're no longer an orphan. You're now a son. Come on. You're no longer an enemy of God. You're now a friend of God. You're no longer disempowered. You're now powerful in him. Do you understand? This is, this is the shift. This is the transformation that takes place. And, and I feel like the Lord is calling the body of Christ. Talk about mindset will actually allow you to step into your beloved identity. 1 Corinthians 6.15 says, don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? So if my body is actually a part of Christ, and Christ doesn't have a sin issue, why do I think I have a sin issue? I have to repent. I'm believing a lie. I'm coming to alignment with something that's not true, but how many people realize you're so powerful in your belief system as a man thinks in his heart so is he, because God did not create robots. He created you with powerful wills, right? You get to make decisions. You get to choose him or reject him. So therefore, you can choose a lie, and it will actually manifest into your body. It'll manifest around you. Why? Because you're living not from as it is in heaven, but you're living as it is here on the earth, And you're letting your mind, your will, your emotions lead the charge. Take every single thought captive into obedience to Christ. What is that talking about? This is saying this, if I have a thought that's not his thought, I actually have to captivate and say, but what's true? Not just throw it into the prison cell. Not just change the content of my thoughts. If, if there's a lie being thrown my way, it's an invitation for me to discover what is actually the truth because the truth will what? Say it again. Coming into alignment, mindset, identity, belief system. So what ends up happening is this. You can live underneath a false identity. There is many who are born-again Christians who still think that they're sinners. So here's a context. I use this all the time. Imagine this is the cross of Christ. On this side of it is before Jesus. On this side of it is after Jesus. So here's the statement. I was a sinner that was saved by grace, now I'm a saint. I've been transformed. That one died. 
You say, well, pastor, tell me where that's at in scripture. Galatians 2.20. In fact, open it up in your Bibles. If you just study one scripture for the next week, let it be this one. Galatians 2.20. This was the turning point scripture for me when I began to step into who I really am in Christ. It says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I live is lived by faith of the Son of God. Many of your translations say in the Son of God. It's not just, do I believe in him? Actually, what's in him becomes my belief system. So if I find it in Jesus, it needs to become in me. Okay? So I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I live is lived by faith in the Son of God, or of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. My question to you would be, is what did he give himself for you for? Was it just so you could escape fire? Was it just so you could escape hell? That includes it. But what I propose to you is so he could live in you. The purpose, it says this, before the foundation of the earth, Christ was crucified. God doesn't live in time and space. He created time and space, but he will insert himself into time and space to be able to do things in time and space. But before, he's outside of it. He made a decision. He knew before he created Adam and Eve, before he said, let there be light and, and let there be waters, and let, before he created the, the foundation of the earth itself, he'd already decided, I'm going to create a being. I know what they're going to do, and I know what I'm going to do. I've already preemptively provided a solution before they have a problem. If he loved you and gave himself for you, we need to begin to ask the question. And here's what ends up happening, because we actually take on a mindset of like, why would you save me? I'm a schmuck. I'm worthless. I'm da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And he's going, well, now that you say that, what did I do that for? No, he's going like, I don't think that about you. I don't think you're worthless. I don't think bad things. He says, for the thoughts I have about you, the good thoughts that the Father has about you outnumber the sands on the seashore or the stars in the sky. We were created to be like him. Doesn't make you God no more than these offspring of mine. That's our joke. The offspring of Millers, <laughs> no more than my beautiful daughters or my son who's serving right now, are me, but they carry an essence of me. Do you understand this? We're meant to be like our Father. We're meant to be like our Redeemer, Jesus. We're meant to be like the Holy Spirit that becomes a comfort or becomes a fire, becomes a wind. We're meant to be exactly like Him because we were made in His image. So 1 Corinthians 6.15 says, don't you realize that your bodies are actually, keep Galatians 2.20 open, I'm going to come back to that. Don't you realize your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never. Now certainly he's talking about sex in that. 
But what I would say is this, why do we have to make it about sex? What if believing a lie is like laying with a prostitute? What if you were never meant to be in intimacy with something or someone, a belief system that's not found in Christ? And when you do, it's like laying with a prostitute. It may even give you pleasure for a moment, but it's not going to make you alive. And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes the one body with her. For the scripture says the two are united into one. Verse 17. But the person who's joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So if you're one spirit, if you're born again, say I am. So you need to believe that you're actually one with him. You're not trying to become one with him. By the fact that you're born again, you're one with him. You're like, well, I don't feel that. Well, you're dealing with phantom pains. Phantom pains aren't real. They feel real. They look real and the way it impacts your body, but it's not reality. Well, I just, I, I just feel like I can't, I can't ever accept the grace of God. You're dealing with a phantom pain. And as long as you feed the phantom pain, you will actually feed dysfunction and you'll never step into Christ in you. See how it's not about behavior? It's about nature. It's about being one with him. The nature of Christ has become the nature of a born-again son or daughter. So when the greatest most destructive false identities that the church has perpetuated is that you're still a sinner. But scripture says, the old is past, the new has come, and you are a brand new creation in Christ. That word for brand new creation means this, a literal, never be seen for being. Jesus was a prototype that had never existed. God becoming flesh, and then that flesh actually becoming fully resurrected, the resurrected body of Jesus, never been seen before. Somebody says, well, God doesn't still create. Eh, he's creator. <laughs> Who am I to tell him he can't create? Well, he was resting on the seventh day, brother. But I think he went back to work. <laughs> he can work from rest. The moment you became born again, you were created. Do you see what I'm saying? False identities. You're no longer a sinner. You're now a sinner. You were a sinner that was saved by grace that's now a saint. You're a brand new creation, which means you're perfect in all his ways. Well, I don't behave that way. You'll catch up there if you believe this. I'm serious. You still have a free will to act sinful. Adam and Eve were created what? Perfect. They were created sinless. They were created connected to him. What is sin? Sin separates us from God. They powerfully chose to separate themselves from God and connect to another source. So even as a brand new born again believer, and I'm going this, there's still moments that I believe phantom pains over the reality of the resurrected nature within me. And what do I have to do? Repent. 
Return to the penthouse. Believe what he's saying. Cleaning up messes. And with it, oh gosh, I dealt with a phantom plane. I'm sorry that I was rude to you. I was disrespectful. I was, I was hurtful. I didn't care for you. I didn't like, you, you go through the, like, I just went, I was not being me. But I'm going to become me in this moment of going, but I can clean up the mess by actually releasing the full me because the full me is the full him. Humble yourself. One second, that's okay. <laughs> See, even Siri is getting the gospel right now. <laughs> How cool would that be right now? <laughs> Siri or Alexa, like all the, all the Alexa boxes all over the you know, smart homes. We're so worried about Google or taking over. Or no, I'm sorry, that's Amazon. Amazon taking over. W- what if all of a sudden it started just preaching the gospel to people? In the- if Jesus could use a donkey to speak to Balaam. <laughs> Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> what if that was a prayer strategy? <laughs> Jesus, you said the gospel's got to preach. Will you just take over Alexa right now? I, how about this? I just prophesy over tomorrow when you go to work, somebody's going to come. I had the weirdest experience. My iPhone started telling me about Jesus, and I thought I lost my mind. And you go, you actually did. Do you want to get it back? Discover who you were actually meant to be. So I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Which is an interesting statement about this, is then people are afraid to actually be alive in Christ. Because they'll take that scripture that says, it's no longer I who live. What it's talking about, the old you separate from Christ no longer lives. But there is a new you. You and Jesus together are a co-union one. You're a brand new being together. There's no separation between you and Jesus. you got to get a hold of this. So now, when I show up, Jesus shows up. I feel like the enemy has cut us off at the knees too many times because we came into belief with a lie. Romans 8, 29, for God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son. In fact, uh, Kurt, is it possible for you to throw Romans 8, 29 up in the New Living Translation? I feel like if we could just, y'all need to see that, even if you're reading your scriptures, but I want to see it on the big screen. Just make sure I'm not misreading the scripture to you guys. It'll come up there in a second. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son. What does it mean to become like the son? How does Jesus act? It's not hard. I've already become like the sun, and when I don't, I'm believing a phantom pain. I threw him a loop, I'm sorry. So as for God knew his people in advance, he chose them to become like his son so that his son would become the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So right where you're sitting at right now, once you ask this question, Holy Spirit, how did you make me to become like your son? 
and just listen to him for a second. Clear all. What if he made you to be exactly like Jesus in the way that you treat your spouse? The way you love your children? The way you love your enemy? The way you love those who politically are opposed to you? Those who drive you absolutely crazy because they do things to get on your nerves? Like, well, wait a minute, Jesus actually yelled at the Pharisees. He did it in love. <laughs> Holy Spirit, just come in this moment right now. Let us step into the reality of that we've no longer are sinners, but we've become brand new, born again believers. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4 says this, By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We've received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he's given us great and precious promises. And these are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Too often we turn promises into a future thing because we haven't actually experienced the fulfillment of promises. But how many people realize that promises are not dependent upon time and space? Where's God seated? Outside time and space. Where did he make the promise? Outside time and space. Where does he keep the promises? Outside time and space, but it does intersect. And what if I came into alignment with this promise that says, you enable me to share your divine nature. It's no longer I who live, the old me, but actually it's me who lives with you, Christ. Because you live in me. Because you love me and you gave yourself for me. The life I live every single day, Jesus, is in your belief system. What you believe, Jesus, I believe. What you can do, Jesus, I can do. Who you are, Jesus, I can become. Because the promise that you gave me is you enabled me, you empowered me to share your divine nature. Let me hear you say nature. nature. Notice it's not sin nature. If you're born again, you do not share the sin nature of Jesus because he does not carry sin. He for but a moment became your sin nature to kill it on the cross. If your sin nature that you were born with was killed on the cross with Christ, it means it's dead and no longer there for you to carry. Don't rip the old man off the cross. Don't use the power of resurrection to resurrect an old being. Thank you, guys. 
You guys are amazing back there, by the way. I love you all very much. I don't get to deal with that. So read this with me, okay? For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Now let's make this a declaration. Repeat after me. For God knew me in advance. He chose me to become like his son so that his son would be my first brother. And there's more to come. Isn't that good news? I mean, that, that, that ought to blow your theology. I hope it does, because there's some poor theology out there. God is who he says he is. Don't take on a false identity. Don't live from phantom pains anymore. Live from the joy of Jesus. Why don't you stand up with me? A verse keeps coming to mind. For the joy set before him, he endured the pain of the cross. Oh, man, what an amazing verse. For the joy. Jesus didn't do the pain for the sake of the pain. He did it for the joy of the joy on the other side of pain. Say it again, Flynn. You said it. Say it again. Who is the joy? For us. Say, I am the joy of the Lord. And I carry his joy, and it gives me strength. So go ahead and close your eyes for a moment and just ask the question, Holy Spirit, how are you bringing me into alignment with the truth? And just listen to him for a moment. As you're hearing from him, Romans 12 says, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you might know the perfect, pleasing will of God. So as you hear revelation from the Father that says, That's not who you are, but this is who you are. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which is repentance, Lord, I reject a lie, and I receive your truth. I think differently now because I think like you. So Holy Spirit in the room right now, I just release right now an impartation of encounter with the truth and the reality of your divine nature from the perspective of, of beloved identity. I just confront every lie that says people are not who you say they are and that they don't have access to what you say they have access to. We refute every phantom pain right now in the name of Jesus. And instead... We speak to the new reality that says, I'm a brand new creation 
in Christ, enabled to share his divine nature, that it's Jesus in me living. I live by the faith of Jesus in every part of my life, and I confront every lie right now with that reality. I just ask right now, release, Lord, the, the capacity to confront hidden things that need to be brought into the reality. And what am I saying? I feel like the Lord is saying there's some hidden phantom pains that are needing to be brought into the light of the new reality of who Jesus is and who you are because of it. To say, I believe that. I receive that. And I will walk in that. We just thank you, Jesus, for all you're doing and all God's people said. Amen. Somebody give him a shout of praise. Come on. Thank you so much for joining us as we seek first after God's kingdom and release it to transform lives and cities. If you would like more information about how to grow in the kingdom or connect with Legacy, go to our website, www.legacynb.com.